and you're gay. We're all gay in some ways. I'm gay and you're gay, but I'm gay on some days. and we're say if we go the other way yeah oh, like, <laughs> like couple names yeah that's amazing um so this is a podcast <laughs> have we already started yeah I are just, we recording i just oh, started yeah. okay i feel like i just sat down yes, do you, you want to do you want to like you take did. a moment not at and, all like, i don't need anything this will is you, a podcast i'm will ready you, will you take in the room a little and just like yeah <laughs> let me just take it wow what a room this yeah, is this space great a little God, air conditioning it's gorgeous what is that mute blue i love <laughs> I that think it's like a bluish gray like a what happened to your blue? necklace wall uh i took them down they were kind of distracting it looks so empty there. now it does. We need to put some sort of painting up there or some sort oh, of artwork. Oh, that's a good idea. I yeah. like that. But just the necklaces, I realized that uh, I haven't been wearing necklaces for probably two years. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, I get ir- irritated on my skin when I wear too many things. Yeah. And so I just stopped wearing that them. Was the and then they the were just wall. on display. They were. Taking up space, which they were lovely. They were. But at the same time. It's okay. We can find another like vagina painting or something to yeah, put on yeah, the wall. Yeah. Definitely need at least one more vagina painting. I mean, I this is technically a separate room, so it needs its own oh, vaginal. Okay. We can- <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool Beauty. podcast stuff. I got another message from somebody, uh, Dylan, if you're listening, friend from a long time ago, yeah. early 20s. And he said he was listening to a podcast that I was a part of and really enjoying it and really learning from it. And I was like, is it? two and a half lesbians because it's the only podcast I'm a part of. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, that is so cool. And then I went to check iTunes and we've got nine five-star reviews, which, hey. you know, look, we know for a fact that not everyone who listens reviews. So That's that right. means we have at least 10 people listening. Right? <laughs> at least. At least. So thank you for listening. Thank you for rating and reviewing. Yeah. We really appreciate and subscribing it. Subscribing so if you dare. And then uh, Lisa and I were on another podcast recently. Uh, yeah. Do you remember the name of it? Uh, Favor for Freddie. Yeah. Favor so for Freddie. We went and talked That's a cool little name. bit about both being gay. Um, and You how- guys are gay? Uh, super oh gay. God. Have you not yeah. seen my super gay cape? I just thought those vagina paintings were for <laughs> fun. I don't know. Because we're feminists. Because <laughs> we like vaginas. They're, they're funalas. They're beautiful. <laughs> uh, and we also talked a little bit about Archie and, and cool. that whole story. Um, so For those of you who don't times. know, we have a wonderful, wonderful rescue dog named Archie. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Um, but but yeah this is a podcast it's it called is. two and a half lesbians each week we discuss a crime a moment and a person in lgbtq history we yeah. did it i'm Kay. i'm lisa and i'm kirsten and we're all gay ish ish yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely gay ish um, we definitely all fall under the queer. umbrella yeah we are queer indeed yeah yeah uh, i think i said something to my mom in the last year or so about using the word queer. And she was like, you're okay with that word? I was like, oh yeah. Cause she's from a generation yeah. where that was an insult. Yes. Right. Mm. And so I was like, we've taken it back. Ma. Yeah. We've taken it back. 100%. I feel like gay's been like, was like that too at one point. Um, when I was a kid growing up, if you used the term gay, you were calling someone stupid. It right. wasn't about right. like now I'm like, yeah, I'm gay. It's fine. I don't feel there's no charge in it. Right. I love the taking back of things that, or used against e- communities. You. I just think that's such a, a smart form of protest is to take a symbol or a sure. word or whatever and turn it on its head and its meaning right. and really embrace like, it. You don't get to have it now. Yeah. Take that. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. You big old queer. You got to have to try harder than that, honey. <laughs> <laughs> you big layers. Yes. And <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love it. Who's doing a crime this week? It's me. Yeah. I'm on crime detail. You guys. Okay. This is trigger warning oh, because no. this is a rough one. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you need to skip to my section, it's much happier. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, trigger warning. We are actually talking about um, what is called and defined as corrective or curative homophobic rape okay so curative rape or sort of in the name right it's a hate crime in which one or more people are raped because of their perceived sexual orientation or gender identity um i was specifically trying to find um uh, I don't know. There was a lot of things I was looking to uh, uh, an interest like in. Like examples of it? Right, yeah. right. 
Um, and actually, I found a couple of articles, one from the New York Times, and then I was looking into, of course, our dear friend Wikipedia. Um, and they were talking about the term corrective rape uh, was coined by um, the South African nation, hmm. um, where it was w- a well-known case of corrective rapes uh, against lesbian women happen quite frequently. Um, there was a poll taken of African men, and it was something like one in four of them admitted to being rapists. Mm. And half of those had all attempted at some point some sort of corrective rape against either a male or female. Oh, my God. Um, the, one of the stories that I was looking at that uh, was quoted by the New York Times was a story in 2013. This girl, Pearl, again, living in a South African township. Um, she was presenting tomboyish, and she was gay. She knew that. And when she was 12, her mother uh, brought home a guy from church and uh, told him, my daughter thinks she's gay, so you need to rape her. Mm. Brought a guy home from church for that. Uh, And her name is Pearl, this girl. Um, And when she was being assaulted and screaming her head off, her mom was like, you're making too much noise, shut up. Oh my God. And then um, the next week, uh, mom brought him back and was like, you're making him dinner. And then he assaulted her again. This went on from the age of 12 to 16. Oh my God. And her mother's like, you're going to marry him because you're not going to be gay. So her mother forced her into a marriage. And then... To her rapist. To her rapist. Um, and then uh, she eventually runs away. As she, after she runs away, she realizes she's pregnant. After she has the baby, she has nowhere to go. So she goes back to her mother's house where the rapist still is. Oh. Um, she tries to abort the pregnancy. She tries to kill herself in the process. Oh. Like all of these horrible things happening mm. to this poor girl. She's not yet 18. Yeah. So because she has a child under, uh, under a certain age, the, uh, the law enforcement is like, well, your mother, you have, you're not allowed to be alone with your child. So she has to go back to her mother's house. And then uh, her mother, because she's gay, won't let her touch the child ever. You're going to make him gay. You're going to make him gay like you. You're not allowed to bathe him. You're not allowed to change his diaper. You're not allowed to touch him ever. The baby touched you on the inside. What what is this like? Right. It's it's all very limited perspective. Um, I hope this ends with the murder of somebody that's not Pearl. No, it ends with the she uh, goes to fight for custody to get her child. Um, and the first time um, she shows up, mom shows up with the rapist guy. And then uh, the next time uh, they don't show up in court at all. So she has still never uh, been able to get custody of her own no. child. Uh, yeah. Oh so, no, God. there's no happy ending there. I'm sorry, team. There is no happy ending there. Um and that's the crime, is that? That's the crime. Is that's that. filled no with crime. Yeah, right, it's all right, crime. Right. crime One thing I wanted to point out is that South Africa was the fourth country in the world, the fourth nation to uh, adopt um, gay marriage. Uh, but sociologically, there are still so many people in that country that believe that. Yeah, and that's all that really okay. matters. Uh, and actually, they call they don't call it uh, they call it un African. It's a term that's used in South Africa. Um, it's called, uh, if you're gay, you're un-African. You're not, you're not one of us. So mm. people are outcast for being gay in any way, shape, or form. Mm. And specifically, uh, there's a large percentage of, of black lesbian women who are raped and then cast out of their, of their townships or their homes because it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So these poor women are traumatized uh, which leads to you know psychological problems and physiological problems and and then they have nowhere to turn because there aren't structures set up in their government yet to help support them. There are um, oh, there shoot I lost uh, I lost one of my pages. There is an organization in the country though that is made up of African lesbian women who support each other. Like they've all like come together oh, and good. are starting to like form a community to help support each other but i was like this concept of of raping somebody into like an act of violence would ever turn you into loving when, or when enjoying. has trauma ever I know. brought about the 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 and uh, really uh, the when you, you flip want. it it's just a fucking excuse for yes. somebody to sexually 
assault, assault another human being. Yes. Just an excuse. That's yeah. all it is. It's another reason why you should, you should be allowed to put your penis in me because that's all you fucking care about. That's right. insane. This over here, this body, it's not about you, dude. Yeah. It's just not about you. Whether I'm gay or straight or whatever, this isn't for you. It's right. just not. No. That's all. That's the end. Right. Move on. I was thinking too while you were talking about like, oh, it was the fourth nation that made, uh, you know, laws about protecting, protecting, right. You don't have to do that if the psychological thing isn't already there. You don't have to make a law saying that gay marriage is legal if people don't even think about you know if it's already okay okay with the the social the reason that you have to create the laws is because people are acting violently and angrily and whatever towards or not allowing them to have rights and ability it's like we praise the idea of legislation but nothing's going to change even with legislation if the minds don't change and you wouldn't need legislation if people weren't already angry bastards right Right. You definitely need both. Like you sure. need the policy to uh, support the social change, but yes, education, social change. But what I'm saying is, like all if of it. you wouldn't need the policy if we didn't need social change. If everybody was already on the same page and was like, sure, totally okay. Yeah, That's but a then lot you of society no. you're describing <laughs> doesn't exist. Like no, 100. percent Which is why, all. which is why everyone in the world has created laws. Right. Do you know what I mean? Every right. nation that exists has laws because they know people are assholes to each other. Yeah. I can't help myself. I have to act out. I know. It's just unfortunate. You can help yourself, you jerks. And what's crazy about what you're saying, uh, I'm just saying like you, you follow their really flawed logic mm-hmm. and then you look at the fact that those rape, the rapists or they had tried or at least attempted to rape um, lesbian women and or men mm-hmm. and i'm like how does a man raping a man help turn them straight See, like you don't in like your it. flawed logic right. <laughs> your flawed fucked up logic it just goes back to what Kay said which is there it's just an excuse just to an excuse. sexually assault someone yeah absolutely right and we as a as a world have to start thinking of rape or any acts of violence as uh, that per- not the person who it's being done to, but the person who is doing it is the fucking problem. Yes. It's a problem. Yes. The Anyone. person who is the problem is the one who is acting against another person. Yeah. Well, isn't it interesting that we have so many statistics, statistics around like how many people are raped, how many women are raped, how many men are raped, whatever. We don't have but how we, many men are rapists. Yeah. Where's yeah. our rapist statistics? Yeah. Right? Why don't Absolutely. we, why don't we flip it on its head? And I'm, I'm mad. No, no. me too. No, no, that story I, makes focus. you mad. It's hard not to get mad. I was going to say, that's why I I liked the fact that they did a poll of Afro of, of these men. And they said, Hey, how many of you have ever done this? Like, we're not going to ask names, but who can identify? And it was a quarter of men. Right. Well, going back, what I was going to say back to the excuse thing is about a quarter of men agreed to that kind of rape. Right. How many of them have raped women? Just, just, because they were there to, ra- you know, right. is that a different number? It's probably a much larger number. You know, it's still that's what they are trying to do. That's what men feel. Not all men, but you get what I'm saying. Are These f- men. Yeah. Feel like they're supposed entitled. to do or entitled to do. Yeah. It's right. disgusting. And it's horrifying. It's horrifying. Like I, like Lisa was saying, I'm not a sex object. You know, I am not here for Um, your pleasure. I am not here for you to take out your anger on. Like I don't exist because of you. And it's so infuriating from somebody on the other side who it's just like, how, what, uh, what am I trying to say? How it's so hard to understand how they even got into a place where they feel so sure that they have the right to do that you right. know i am right. so entitled to your body i don't even feel i have the right to cut someone off in a long waiting line to get off the freeway i mean i right. panic about that so like right. what why why does that why do you feel so okay about that right well it's disgusting on so many levels why is it that we feel the need to possess other people's bodies yeah and or be control. in charge of someone else's body mm-hmm. right. right control other people's bodies this goes to like healthcare issues for women in the u.s all the time you know you have a panel of men deciding what women should do uh and what's okay to support them for their bodies and 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 that's you know it's the same sort of arguments all uh, that keep going and going and going yeah well and just looking to like when i keep going back to that one that you did about um the senator where we i was looking up all the the senate and who has been gay in this in mm. the Senate and Congress. Um, and just like the sheer number, not only of not LGBT people who are there, but 
no, no women. There was barely any women represented right. in that pool, even today, which seems absolutely bullshit. The idea there hasn't been a woman president yet is absolutely insane. I mean, Baffling. we talk about all these statistics about african-americans because of the the number of population they make up and the number which is absolutely true same thing with women we're 50 percent of the population and we're represented at what a 10 15 percent rate i mean right. it's insanity and yeah. then you have like the president of new zealand right now who is killing it across the board amazing right. a woman mm -hmm. and she's a woman mm -hmm. How about you know that? like I keep I, I send messages to Lisa and Kay probably once a month going, can we move to New Zealand? It's because you need every side of the story. If right. it's just one person making the decision, that one person hasn't experienced all of life. I right. haven't experienced all of life. Right. I've only I experienced need to see my more story. than one perspective. Yes. Yeah. We need a variety. Yes. Yeah. Oh, but it's but right. then what it leads to is stuff like that, which is just absolutely tragic. Right. Well, and if you look at like uh, the representation of women in like our, the U.S. government, you know, mm -hmm. there there was that uh, poster that was put out after the last midterm election, mm -hmm. where like you know you see the Democrat side, and it's it's starting to be speckled with color and women mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. like all sorts of. And the Republican side was still just very, or the conservative side. I don't necessarily want to say Republican, but like the conservative side is still just white guys. That's oh, the yeah. same thing with. Did you see the the staff photo from trump's presidency versus obama's mm. no. it's the same story exact same story like uh, uh trump's is like ex every single person was white and most of them were men and and obama had a variety of everyone and it was so well represented you just look at it and you go that's so rad in the like, top levels of government and it's right. so sad how quickly we polarize and swing and and alienate something that was just common practice four years ago. Yeah. I like too that what's happening is this big shift of like looking at minorities and people who are different than us and that's where we're focusing the fear and that's where and turning it around and going oh no no no, no. let's focus the fear on the people who have the power. Let's focus the fear on like let's be afraid of what they can do because they're the ones who can right. actually do anything to you on a daily basis you know and then seeing that all those faces look the same and going, that's a huge part of the problem is that all those faces look the same. Yeah. Right. If you go to ask for a manager at the store, yes. how likely are you to see someone that is, you know, of your minority group? Right. That's part of the issue that we're discussing when mm -hmm. it comes to privilege and, and all those things. Uh, I completely hear you. This is, this is right. Ooh, and, a topic. and even in my brain, while you, when you said that, I went, yeah, well, maybe like a McDonald's or whatever, you'd see some color there because those are the low lying jobs, but move it up and you go, what if I needed the manager of Amazon or I wanted to talk to the manager of a Best Buy even, you know, it, sure. The, the further you go up, the less likely it is to be well, multi-diverse. And, and imagine you're trying to climb the ladder of your company yeah. and you don't see anyone who looks like you ab uh, above and it creates like this glass above ceiling effect line, yeah. mm -hmm. where you're like, I can never be above middle management because... There's well, just and that's how I felt, st you know, at Jungo, and it's so funny working now with us, I have to really work past because we, we, we run a company outside of this. Uh, I have to work past my own things of like, I don't want to grow. I don't want to be better than like this level. I don't because there's like a fear there for me. And like, I don't want to be in charge and I don't want to make As waves. As boss, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, though. And like now that I'm not in that environment, obviously I can take on a lot more power without that fear. But I can definitely feel that fear that sits there and goes like, I, I don't know. I, that's not I don't want to do that i want to do my own thing you know that sort of pushback of that so i, I think it's my own are boss. you saying that that comes from like being a woman i think it's two-sided i think it's one is that uh yes it's hard if you want to climb the ladder climb the ladder yes i think also we've been sort of uh what's it called to, something to not want to climb the ladder right programmed, to program socialized to not socialized. want to to feel more comfortable with a lesser below life. the ladder right yes. it's better down here or like taking women's jobs quote yes. unquote like right. you can be a nurse but not a doctor you can be right. a secretary but not a ceo yeah this is going to be so perfect for my section <laughs> oh good, oh, good. <laughs> I was going to say, there was another story that was included in all of this, but yeah, I think go for it. I, I was going to say, I think we really actually kind of covered it. It was just on the, on the, Kirsten commented quickly about, um, uh, healthcare and things like that. And actually one of the girls specifically, she had been, uh, raped by her uncle who was oh. trying to correct, quote unquote, correct her sexuality. Um, and then he was like, well, 
but that did, didn't didn't work when I did it. So he took her to a friend and paid him and mm. said, "She's going to be your wife. Make her make her." So like he raped her over and over, mm. and then she finds out later, and this all happens over the space of a couple of years. She finds out obviously she's pregnant from the guy, but she also has HIV from her uncle. Oh my god! Oh my god! And then she has no support again. The child taken away, and now she has an illness, mm. and you're just like, what? And once again, Why? I think that oil's bolt all boils down to an excuse for that uncle to fucking rape her. Yeah. That's all that is. Yeah. I uh I think I don't know if this is I know this is a representation in fiction, but I feel like sometimes fiction makes a big difference because it is like, you know, mainstream and telling story. I think there's an episode of Criminal Minds where there is a like teenage son and his father knows that he has gay tendencies, so he hires uh like sex workers to come in and and sleep with and they, he forces his son to have sex with the woman right. like once a week, like throughout this ep, like in this episode mm-hmm. timeline of like, just like trying to create that as a thing to turn him straight. And I'm like, so just There's remember no turning. like, this isn't just yeah. a, uh, you know, a, a women's issue. This is, right. this is a, uh, I am other than your straight heteronormative world issue. Right. People's sexual preferences are so fucked up without the help of any childhood trauma as it is. Right. Well, and you know? maybe I was just thinking about what you what you said. The wording of that, that's prevalent wording. P- sexual preference makes it sound like it's a choice. Like, oh, well, I prefer oh, to be with I'm ta- women. I'm literally talking about fetishes now. So oh, I'm saying right. like if you sure. leave that right. like leave that alone, that gets weird enough as it goes. Just speaking from my own truth. Sure. You know, without sure. any sort of weird back thing. So it's like you add that in. It's like that's not going to help anything. So when we're talking about like pre- preference or choice or whatever, I saw somebody post on their, their Instagram the other day. That it's, it's a photo. It says the only choice I have ever made was to be myself. Mm-hmm. Like that's oh, that's the yeah. honesty of mm-hmm. homosexuality. The only choice I made was to be myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't choose to be gay. That's a weird concept. Get over yourselves. That's not what it's about. Yeah. You know. Yeah, anyway, absolutely. so that's the crime of corrective or homosexual rape. I think that or um I think that's what they call it. That's now. a struggle too. You did it as homo. Like on the bisexual homophobic. side of things too. It's like that choice aspect of it. It's like, well, yes, technically because I'm bisexual, I could choose to say that I'm straight easily because I'm with a man. Sure. I've been with many men, but that is absolutely a lie. Right. You know, it's that's abs- that's not who I am. That def- definitely does not define my sexuality, but right. that's so much easier. You right. know, especially for me, because I have I can easily parade around with that straight facade because sure. dating a man is wonderful for me. Sure. But so <laughs> Until you're a little drunk at a party. Yeah. Then and then it's I'm over. like, it's done. <laughs> like, I got to make that out of women here. crumble down. <laughs> Actually, I was hanging out with my friend the other day because we had gotten tipsy and I I was talking about trying to kiss him. Uh and my boyfriend was there because he knows who I am as a human being. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he goes, um, the guy goes, you know, uh, we hung out sober after that. And he was like, you know, you tried to kiss me. And I was like, yeah, because I like you. I've never tried to kiss somebody I didn't like. That's all that means. So I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's like everyone I truly like, I've tried to kiss while I was drunk at the of party. Course, I mean, that's, of that's the line. If I haven't tried to kiss you, by the way, PSA, you should be worried about our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good to know good to know <laughs> just saying more five-star reviews coming in <laughs> maybe get our first one-star review and it'll be like kate didn't kiss me uh, <laughs> kate didn't feel- kiss me and i'm pissed <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we're about to get a review from liz <laughs> yeah liz knows i really like her because yes. i've tried over and over oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's not having it it's oh good my god all right well, thank you for what, sharing that. Wh- thank you for listening. What a horrifying. Yeah, let's lighten it deal. up now, yeah. or probably not. Uh, no, no, <laughs> yes. Oh, good. Uh, she was in here giggling, and I was like, what? She's good. like, I'll tell you all the Mine's podcast. Mine's pretty light, too. Good, good. That's good. We'll we'll just have light from now on. Yeah. Um, so uh, this was submitted by, or suggested by our super fan, Kathleen. Woo-hoo! Yay. Thanks for listening. We enjoy your feedback. Um, she recommended that I look into Olivia Records. So Olivia Records Who's was Olivia a Records? women's music record label founded in 1973 by radical fem- uh, lesbian feminists. Um, and it was, uh, so it was founded by Chris Williamson, Meg Christian, and uh, Judy uh, Lugax. Fantastic. And seven other women. So okay. these women got together and they created a record label that sold more than one million records hey. and produced over 40 
albums during its 20 years of operation. Wow. A lesbian record label. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a good moment. It's called Olivia. Amazing moment. Olivia Records. Yeah. So I'm going to go over. I feel like I've heard about it, like heard about it somewhere, somewhere in the back of my brain. There's some reference to gay Olivia. Right. And I, for me, I got really excited researching this because I am a lesbian business owner. And to read about business owners, because they, they do have a little section here where they're going to talk a little bit about their feelings of capitalism as feminists and how they deal <laughs> with that while being business owners and, and how it actually uh, causes some struggle inside of their, their business. It's more of my opinion, but let's, let's keep going. So um, basically the background history is uh, there was a, a lesbian feminist movement that was emerging in the 1970s, and it was reacting to the de- uh, decrim sorry, discrimination, wow, uh, (laughs) of women within the gay rights and counterculture movements and to the heteronormativity, God. Heteronormativity? I'm struggling too. (laughs) That was embedded in the 1960s U.S. uh, feminist movement. So within these movements, sometimes they they were also discriminating against other groups. And that's where, uh, and, and even this group, later gets in trouble or kind of gets in trouble for the same thing so we're going to keep going um the women's music labels such as olivia contribute to the 1970s lesbian subculture so basically um because they were releasing music and 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 taking lesbian artists and and producing the uh, labels and uh, things like that it created this ability for lesbians to connect and talk, tell their stories through music. And I felt like we had done so much talking about like poems and books mm-hmm. and magazines and all this literature, but we hadn't talked yet about music. Yeah. And um, this is just one subculture of uh, m- music. And uh, what I love about it is that it also later after a few years, they start having like concerts and get togethers and festivals and stuff. And because uh, they kind of go, uh, they don't go mainstream with a lot sure. of what they do. A they're lot not of their the top 40 charts mostly. Well, they're not trying to. Sure. They don't want to be wrapped up in the corporate like they're they're yeah. a bit anti-capitalist. They don't mm-hmm. like the idea of mass producing things. They don't like the idea of. Um, taking a hand up from celebrities like they're they are interested in finding that unknown artist and making them be seen and then uh so a lot of it's like almost like a grassroots movement of like we're going to be at a festival we're going to be at a bar we're going to be everywhere that they're not and 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 that also kind of limits their ability to have success in the one measurement of money you Mm -hmm. know what i mean Mm -hmm. sure like let's just recognize that success can be measured in so many other ways it's not just about um how many dollars you bring home and keep like they had an impact Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. lesbians who were uh isolated separate uh, oftentimes feeling alone this is the 70s and 80s they did not have their smartphone internet connected platform like we do today absolutely um, so uh, Meg Christian and Chris Williamson were the two of the best-selling artists on, in Olivia Records, or two also of the founders. Um, they collectively released a 45 record um, with Christian on, a song on one side and Williamson on the other. And um, that sold and did well enough that they got uh, $12,000 and that helped them actually create their first and and release their first album. Wow. So they borrowed $4,000 and like made their first single basically and put that out and then did well enough to be able to keep going. Now, um, Yoko Ono responded and said that she wanted to do like a side project with Olivia. Oh, wow. um, But they politely declined because because she's a straight woman. I don't I they didn't say that they they basically didn't want to make themselves dependent on any high profile person Mm. okay so that's that's why good for them so their first album was known I know you know um, I know you know yeah I know you know (laughs) I know you know in 1974 and then a year later right well actually I'm going to I'm going to put out an article um, on our Facebook page that you can click on. It has 12 of their major songs oh, that you can oh, go yeah. through and listen cool. to Excellent. and enjoy. Because, like, why not have more lesbian Absolutely. music? Absolutely. Like, we need more lesbian I didn't, content. I didn't even know there was lesbian music until we were just searching on Spotify and we found a lesbian playlist. I was going to say, I, I love like, that playlist. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I know why I remembered what Olivia, it's a cruise line. There's a gay lesbian cruise line called Olivia. Oh, nice. Well. Spoiler alert. 
Oh, oh no. no. That's why <laughs> I was laughing so hard. <laughs> so let me keep going. Oh, I'm sorry. I jumped. No, in. but I love that you already know. It's kind of rad. I'm like, why haven't you brought me there yet, baby? We haven't gone on a cruise uh, yet. Coronavirus. Oh, wait. You're I get seasick. seasick. <laughs> <laughs> coronavirus is also a factor. We've been together longer than the coronavirus. That's right. Um, let's see. I know you know <laughs> sold over 10,000 copies in the first year. I was going to say, we've been together longer than the confe- Confederacy existed. Oh, God. I love those memes coming out so <laughs> we much. Have, we have. You? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You and me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> longer than Confederacy. Okay. Um, they eventually sold over 70,000 copies of that. Um, of that the of I, know I Know You know. know. And then uh, they had another one called The Changer and The Changed. It became one of the top selling albums of any independent label. Wow. Mm. So their philosophy is that they promoted music and uh, validated. I didn't source myself. Hold on. Wikipedia, 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 and New York Times. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they promoted music that validated women's and lesbian experiences, including lyrical and musical expressions of love, anger, fear and humor they actually have some funny songs and they they've pretty much specialized in uh, kind of acoustic style like you're just singing and strumming but uh they tried other things and and actually it's it's so funny to me because they in their search for like the unknown they actually missed some gems and i'll go over that in just a minute um so let's see a lot of their lyrics described personal or local problems rather than addressing like women's global issues mm. and that also it's kind of like that local jokes get local work issue right yeah <laughs> as a business owner like i very much can see like what what would have held them back from being able to be much bigger mm. but at the same time they still had an impact on the subculture so it's still right. um, valuable they describe themselves as like uh it's kind of like a form of lobbying they felt like um, by uh, one of the ways for women to gain social power is through is by uh, basically creating an opportunity for women to make money mm. um, because in a capitalist world, if you have money, you have Everything. power and influence and, and ability and, and capability for education and uh, privilege, blah, blah, blah. So they... Um, they were trying to create alternative economic um, institutions that would enable women to control their own economic situation. Um, one of the one of the women said that the fastest way to eliminate oppress, oppression, discrimination, harassing workplaces is by employing women, promoting women, and investing women's money in women. Mm. And I love that. I am a huge fan of vote with your dollar. Like sometimes when I feel the most helpless about what's happening in the world, I go, well, where can I spend my next $10 right. to promote people who are doing what I believe in? Or like are not at a, Chick-fil-A. Not at Chick-fil-A. We need to have a whole episode on just called not at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> we have to start shopping at Lowe's. And look, I yeah. get it. You Seriously, guys. not even Home Depot is in my I category. I had a lot of Chick-fil-A anymore. as a high schooler. I get that it's good. There's I was other in places that are high great. We can all repent. Yes. It's fine. <laughs> and do better. Like, I'm really feeling baited right now because you said that they passed over some good talent i'm like did they pass over melissa etheridge is that what yeah. you're about to tell me i don't over. even need to tell this story we're just gonna have you tell <laughs> is that who it was yes. like, yeah Wait, I who, it. who is okay, that okay so let me just i'll just Come skip to that to my window okay uh yeah, so they, m- let me just go scroll down to the most. <laughs> I feel like we always have this joke that like Lisa knows like a little everything bit about, about everything, everything, but sometimes. I feel like that time period in particular, she happens to have a lot of knowledge. She was on. a little more conscious than I was then, <laughs> yeah. A, I, I, I got in on some of the coattails of, of the gay culture from yes. the 70s because I'm a little older than y'all. Yes. And M- Melissa, M- uh, uh, sorry, I almost said McCarthy. Melissa Etheridge is more 80s, 90s, but. Yeah. Well, in 1985, singer and songwriter Melissa Etheridge, <laughs> um, then a struggling Los Angeles artist, sent her demo to Olivia, but was ultimately rejected. Etheridge went on to become one of the most popular female performers in the 1990s and she arguably really the most successful lesbian musician of all time. I would agree. She <laughs> saved the rejection letter signed by the women of Olivia, oh, which wow. was featured in Ultimate Portrait, I wonder the why. lifetime television documentary of her life. 
That's she fantastic. The, it, it kind of reminds me how like uh, Michael enough. Jordan was rejected from his own high school basketball, basketball team. team or something like that. Right. Yeah. Case Face so was like, what? <laughs> but it drove him to go practice his ass off and he became amazing. I had obviously. a pastor uh, when I went to... He was the best pastor I ever had. It was my high school pastor. We're still friends with him. He's a good dude. His sermons every week were just the same, uh, the same like recipe. And it would always start with this person who we wouldn't find out who it was till the end of the whole like right. thing. Uh, used to feed pigeons in their back porch and was rejected. Blah blah blah. Michael Jordan then went on. You know, yeah. he'll bring it in. It's always like, yeah, Bottom. he did. You can do it. And every week it was the same. He'd do that same exact thing. And it was I great. It. I loved it every week. That reminds it. me of the Will Smith uh, idea of like, you fail up. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, oh, honestly, yeah. as a person who has found success in multiple ways in my life and you both this episode should be called kirsten owns a small business because (laughs) (laughs) we've never brought that up more no we will no i love it i don't think we've ever i don't think we've ever mentioned it we've mentioned kirsten owns a small business business. but anyone needs social media work actually uh reach out to (laughs) you need someone to manage your blog okay we're not we're not going there but um uh, I was talking about Melissa so Etheridge. They start out in Washington D.C. and then in 1974 they move out to California and then um, that's where the musicians are. Yeah, and but unfortunately they weren't great at managing their money, mm. so uh, they their approaches just kept crippling them and um, they started to have some struggles. And they also were really promoting the interests of white middle class American lesbians. And mm. which kind of kept them away from a broader both audience and, and diversity of, of richness of music. Right. In the late 1970s, Olivia expanded that inclusivity to promote the music of African-American artists, uh, Linda Tillery, Mary Watkins, and Sweet Honey in, in the Rock. And those songs are featured in the article Excellent. I'm going to uh, post. So The second one you said. Um, um, Mary Watkins. Mary Watkins. I've heard of her. Nice, nice, nice. Um, let's see. They oh, so in 1977, after repeated criticism, um, Olivia put out their put out Lesbian um, Concentrate, a collection of songs and poetry, with part of the proceeds going to benefit the Lesbian Mothers Defense a uh, National Defense Fund. Hmm. Um, and uh, that includes one of their songs, which is called "Ode to a Gym Teacher." <laughs> And um, <laughs> leaping lesbians, <laughs> telling you some of these songs are fantastic. Leaping lesbians, leaping lesbians. I have you have to see the image oh, of that one. It teacher. looks like it looks like a vampire woman on a stage, like dressed like Morticia, like jumping, and then there's a woman sitting, like looking up at her, a little scared. That's the, the image of the uh, video. I like it. Like, I'm just saying the the ode to a gym teacher. I straight up have an image of my mind. Of that gym teacher of mine. Oh, oh <laughs> sure. I, I I feel like everyone's had a gay gym teacher, right? I I, I, I had a think gay my, math teacher. I think my gaydar was on point when I was younger because I remember like coming across, you know, adults. Oh, yeah, I did. That I were did have a gay <laughs> gym teacher getting oh, married yeah. to uh, opposing gender, and I was like, you? Why? I don't understand. <laughs> Why would you do that? You're into chicks. Right, do you, ma'am? Do you know that about you? Do you? Because I know that about you. <laughs> I don't totally know that about me yet, but I know that about you. <laughs> I remember I had a fourth grade teacher who was absolutely delightful, and she, um, man, I hope she's not listening to this, but uh, <laughs> she was obviously f- visually homosexual, but I never thought about it because I was a kid. But I do remember my mom saying, oh, yeah, she goes both ways, just like her pants, because we used to talk <laughs> About how her pants looked like she could have worn them either way. Like the way her body was made. She had like that white girl flat butt so you could put your pants on either direction. The, the, the exact opposite. She yeah. was sort of round both in the fupa and oh, in the... Oh, I and then see. Her, you know? <laughs> so mean because she was so lovely. Fupa is a great word. It is. Okay, so... Are you um, going to explain what fupa is to the no, audience just nope, in case? Nope, look it up. That's they have not to go to me. like... Um, you know, we've taught you enough on this podcast. You can Google it. <laughs> you can What's handle the, that one. Uh, Urban, Dictionary. Urban Dictionary. There we go. Um, so the the company, you, Olivia Records, used a lot of like apprenticeship opportunities and mentoring opportunities within their organ, organization. And they often went out and, like I said earlier, they would uh, use like bars and bookstores, coffee shops, 
and stuff like that to actually like help carve out uh, queer spaces in the American bookstores and coffee shops. Yeah, mm-hmm. that feels like true lesbian stomping ground. Like yes, cottage core, and that's level part of like the reason. The is great this is Northwest, the yeah. <laughs> like, right? Feels like my hometown. Absolutely. Um, oh, there's a section I feel like I'm missing, but maybe it's lower down. I'm re- sometimes I like map everything out and then rearrange it, and then I get confused when I'm actually yes. talking that's to you. Because I keep jumping ahead of your story. You just know so much. I like your anticipation <laughs> skills. You're very smart. So uh, they had a sound engineer from 1974 to 1978 named Sandy Stone. Sandy Stone was a trans woman, um, maybe still is. I don't. I don't know if she's still alive. She was born in the 1930s, but. Um, they eventually had to, uh, she eventually resigned because there was a lot of controversy over her working for a lesbian identified enterprise, um, because she was trans because at the time, uh, there was a lot of issues between like gay culture and trans culture Mm -hmm. Uh, and cultures, culture and, and socio issues and fighting for rights and, um, it, so Sandy yep. goes on to write uh, something called The Empire Strikes Back, a post-transsexual manifesto. Wow. And an important point of the essay, I, I had to segue over here. Like, yeah. I can't just like go, oh, well, they discriminated against a trans person and move on. I'm like, well, I'm a, I'm a different type of lesbian <laughs> and I refuse to do that. So let's go into, you know, Sandy's story for a moment. So uh, she... An important point in the essay was that transgender persons were ill-served by hiding their status and that coming out, which Stone called reading oneself aloud, would inevitably lend to self-empowerment. Thus, the empire strikes back, rearticulated um, that that was a time of radical gay-lesbian political statement to a transgender voice. During this period, mainstream gay and lesbian activists generally suppressed transgender issues and visible transgender activists fearing that they would frighten the uncertain and still shaky liberal base during a delicate period of consolidation. That's what happened to Sylvia uh, when we were talking about Marsha P. Johnson. Yeah. Uh, her friend Sylvia was booed off stage the very first time she spoke publicly to uh, an LGBT yeah. crowd mm-hmm. because they didn't like the tease yet. They were like, no, your, your issue is not our issue. So we can't collaborate. And I was like, come on, it's you're, you're making a bigger problem. Yeah. But I mean, we still see that happening. That's right. Yeah. It's yeah. Big problem. Beloved authors say stupid things on the internet. Uh, <laughs> what was that? Kay? Uh, <laughs> So this manifesto became the center of like extensive citation work for transgender academics and foundational work for transgender researchers and theorists. So this woman made a big impact in her life. And go Sandy Stone. So then we're going to go back to Olivia Records. So uh, they experience uh, their inexperienced business practices led to significant financial hardship. They seem to have had like a lot of exclusionary ideas. Yeah. For people for a, a grouping of people who are tr- I feel traditionally known for come into the fold mm-hmm. I feel like the lesbian community now is like a space of everyone's welcome everyone come into the fold but like there's so much well you're welcome unless which is very similar to religion you're sure. welcome unless you're welcome unless well I heard there used to be animosity between gay men and gay women but right. I've never seen or experienced that because I've seen it where sure. because when you boil it down at a gay club there, there is nothing happening between men to women and women to men for the most part. And when lesbians started showing up at like gay clubs, the men were like, what the fuck are you doing here? You're not welcome here. I mean, even if you just look at Hillcrest, you have one bar that's like, oh, the lesbian bar, quote right. unquote. And then you have like five that are like just on university alone. Yeah. Just on right. that in our, in our gayborhood. However, that. I think that's the nesters. difference between men and women as well. Men want to go out and dance their asses off and woo, 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 woo. And not women and the women tend to go home and be nesters. Not necessarily, <laughs> though. I'm I saying mean, supply and demand. Sure. But. <laughs> I also think it's a bit of a boys club and I think that's okay that that still exists. I definitely think that's a big part of that though, because there's absolutely no reason to label flicks as like a gay men's club. Right. It's not, it's a gay bar. So technically everyone should be welcome and they are, but it is very, what I like about the red wing gay men as as, well. Yeah. That is like the most all encompassing. You have straight people, you have gay people, you have trans people, you have whoever you have everybody at the red wing. And I would like to like promote the red wing when bars can open up again, because that place it's small, but like they, 
everybody's welcome. Yeah. It is, it's a tiny little dive bar and they don't give a shit. They're like, come in, have a drink, sing a song, enjoy your night. Yeah. See, I would like a uh, lesbian uh, centric, but not exclusive mm-hmm. coffee Wi-Fi bar. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what I want. Mostly coffee. I mean, less bar, more right. coffee. But because I'm like, I want to go work on my laptop and glance around the room and be like, oh, she's cute. Right. I want to be able to. Well, I'm at an age now, too, where I'm like, I want to be able to hear you. Yeah, so right. I don't enjoy quiet, a bar like I used to. Yeah. Like just imagine pillows and couches all over, cozy, right. like Burning Man, but clean. Right. Because <laughs> the dust. That's Let's what I mean by clean. It. Let's be specific about um, what clean means. If you watch the original L Word, they have they ha- they they create a, a lesbian bar, yes. like like unto that with fluffy pillows in the corners and like. Okay, so Meg Christian left the record in 1984. Um, that's around the time that they moved to Los Angeles. And uh, they, the remaining five women of the collective um, had, they actually, because of the struggling, ended up like pooling their money and they ended up having to like live together for a while and then eventually just started to disperse one by one. That's um, right, because they were all trying to fuck each other. <laughs> you and put then five the lesbians word. in a house, everybody's going to... And then the L word was formed. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. It's not related. <laughs> um, uh, there was something else in here that I was trying to find again to show you guys. Uh, there was something else that they did business decision-wise that now I just can't think of. But um, let me go to the other part, which is kind of funny. Uh, they rebranded in the 1990s um, and decided to become a lesbian cruise line so like hey they're they're That's a interesting direction right so like their business is declining they're struggling to sell labels they can't get you know they're they they they're not going after necessarily the artists that are going to get them mm-hmm. um the momentum they need to fund everything so they eventually um switch gears and go over to uh becoming a lesbian cruise line so if you go to olivia.com um You'll find the cruise line. Yeah. Um, but I'll say that's also where a lot of our lesbian comics were, were working in the oh, really? 90s and early aughts. Um, so, it, so it was in 1990 that they formed the company. And um, they so the company name, uh, Olivia, was actually named because of the heroine of the pulp novel by Dorothy Bussey who fell in love with her headmistress at a French boarding school. So that's actually the, where what's, the name Olivia comes from. What's the name from. of the pulp novel? <laughs> it's, uh, I, oh, I thought I had it. Maybe I don't here. I'll find it for you, but I mean, we Is can it, Google it. I know you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, yeah, so they, they have this cruise line that's still available today. Like I was looking up cruises and you can, uh, they have starting again in September and October, which I'm sure COVID won't be over by then. So don't book, but it's like, <laughs> it's anywhere from like two to $6,000 per person for like wow. seven days. But you get like, they have ones going to Australia and Greece and like just all over, like super rad. I'm like. Oh, that's that like, looks like fun. I'm like, who's um, the talent? Is it Wanda Sykes? Is it Rosie O'Donnell? I'm in. Either way. <laughs> right. Uh, they also, the company was involved in a mild controversy in 1998 when its attempt to buy an ad on the sitcom Ellen's anticipated coming out episode was rejected by ABC. <laughs> so Aww. they were like, oh, this is going to be our episode. But then they wouldn't let them uh, So they finally did go... Corporate yeah. and try to get money involved. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> and then they got shot down. In in their like financial Karma. reportings of 2007, they had made $20 million. So like they're fine they're doing now, right. but evidently they had to rebrand. That's funny. But anyway, that's that's the Olivia. Fantastic. Um, can I say one thing about record. Melissa Etheridge? No. Yes. <laughs> yes I'm of gonna. Course. We can cut this later if you want to. My favorite thing I ever saw Melissa Etheridge do, uh, she was singing at the. Um, uh, like MTV Awards or like the Grammys or I think it was the Grammys uh, and she and Joss Stone were doing a tribute to uh, uh, what's her name she's really passionate uh, rolling know. on the ground screen oh, gosh. there's a lot of really passionate I know people. Janice Chaplin thank you yes oh, <laughs> oh my god that has never happened before in my entire life wow oh my god okay. I killed that come on, come on take it. yeah so they did that song together and it's Janice Joplin tribute Melissa Etheridge had had cancer. Okay. So she's got no hair. The day before she was to sing at the Grammys, she was given a clean bill of health. Oh. And so like Melissa singing this song and she like, she's really great at like the vocal fry. Yeah. Right. So she hits this like, 
as she's like nearing the end of the song that like you see a human being being alive. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite moments Aww. ever on television because you're just like, oh, she's she's cancer free, so to speak. And like she's doing this tribute to this other a- actress. And she's no hair and she's just living her Killing it. dreams right there. And you're just like, That's you go, awesome. Melissa. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. If you get a chance to look it up, please do. It's on well, YouTube. Speaking of awesome, famous people. Yes. My turn. Who have you got? I am doing Christine Jorgensen. <gasps> Christine Jorgensen? I'll tell you all about her. Give me a minute. Where's so Christine from? was born George Williams Jorgensen Jr. and was raised in the Bronx. She described herself as a frail, blonde, introverted boy who ran from fistfights and rough and tumble games. She was drafted. In, I'm, obviously, I'm using her preferred gender. She yes. was drafted into the army at 19, but was promptly discharged. <laughs> <laughs> Honorably, but still pretty. It was a pretty quick turnaround for She's her. She's like, y'all don't want this. She's like, I'm telling you, I am not for you. <laughs> Um, yeah, and she was drafted. So after returning from the army, she heard about a sex reassignment surgery for the first time. So she promptly started taking estrogen. You said she was born in 1938. Actually, I don't have the year that she was born. Mm. Um, it, it probably would have been, yes, around 1930s or 1920s. I'm sure it's somewhere. I don't know why I didn't put that down, but, um, she no you're fine um so she heard about the surgery for the first time she began taking estrogen 1926 1926 thank you very much kirsten and google um (laughs) with the intention of getting the surgery she went to europe where she stayed in copenhagen and decided to undergo hormone replacement therapy first so you guys probably are already aware of all the details of what that is but i wanted to really get into like what's the difference between all of the surgeries and what do they mean i looked up images and stuff too which was really really interesting um so hormone replacement therapy is not a surgery obviously um it's the hormone therapy that can cause distinct parts of the female body to start to form things like your breasts and your jawline your fat and the muscle distribution around your body will change when you start to do hormone therapy the only thing it can't do is get rid of anything that happened during puberty so it can't change uh things like heavy hair growth or uh it will start to change your voice and obviously it can't change your genitalia but it's meant to help you physically pass as the your gender of choice that's what hormone replacement therapy is awesome which i thought was really interesting Mm -hmm. um in 1951 she began her reconstructive surgeries and started to send home photos of her recovery to her friends in america uh saying things like as you can see by the enclosed photos taken just before operation i have changed a great deal but it is the other changes that are so much more important remember the shy miserable person who left america well that person is no more and as you can see i'm in marvelous spirits oh i've got to say she's beautiful and that's oh gonna come in yes it's I gonna come into play Googled her. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm like, my that's first... really why she became famous was that she was absolutely gorgeous i want a t-shirt that says i am absolutely with the marvelous uh, oh yes uh the um, um as uh, i'm in marvelous spirits i'm in marvelous spirits <laughs> i want that one hold on let me see that hello gorgeous yes she's really girl. truly beautiful girl you pretty girl um she received, and she's also fabulous, which will come come into play later because it's important. Um, she received her penectomy in Copenhagen. So that was uh, the penectomy, in case you guys were wondering. Yes. is not the surgery where you receive a vagina. It is the surgery where you, you remove, remove the penis. Ectomy uh, means to remove. I was, re- I was like, I wonder how they pee. There is a hole that they place behind the balls, between the balls and the uh, scrotum, and that works just the same way a normal urethra it's made out of their original urethra it's very interesting mm-hmm. um and i looked at pictures and it's just it's just all like amazing that so we can do that that's a separate surgery from like a an ectomy that involves removing the scrotum uh the scrotum is still there the i think they take out the, the, the no they don't the scrotum yeah the scrotum stays and they just pull that forward and remove the actual penis and then replace the urethra in another part of sure. the body so that it still has nerves and because the urethra goes all the way to the tip of the penis. So mm-hmm. like they keep that nerve ending for yes. the 
placement. The vagina later. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it's pretty much a formative, formal clip. Really what it looks like is a Ken doll, though. When I was looking at images, you look mm. like a Ken doll at that point because it's like you have no, it looks like you have nothing down there. It's sort of like a clean slate. Sure. Um, so she received that in Copenhagen um, and then she flew back to the U.S. to receive her vaginoplasty, which is where they create the vagina. It. And just so we're clear, lots of women have to have vaginoplasties too. This right. is not just for trans people. Vaginoplasties happen to everyone. Porn stars get vaginoplasties I would think anyone who's had a lot of children too. A lot of children it can just tighten and and reshape. Well you can start to have a wearing down of the vaginal wall and that's not Mm -hmm. good because you don't need that to go into like rectal areas or anything like that that can cause cross-contamination and the thinning of the walls there can I've heard of this. No one wants that fistula. It's very common surgery. Um, And he received that surgery. Sorry, she received that surgery from Harry Benjamin, uh, who later said, indeed, Christine, without you, probably none of this would have ever happened. The grants, my publications, lectures, etc. Because she pushed so hard for it to happen. Harry Ben did the surgery. Harry Ben. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. In 1952, so this is actually before she got her vaginoplasty, so before she came to the U.S., in the New York Daily News ran a front page story on December 1st saying, XGI becomes blonde beauty, announcing incorrectly that Jorgensen was the first recipient of a sex change, which, as we know, is not true. Right. Um, was, was it possibly the first American? I don't believe it was the, the, the first American either. Oh, nope. well, look at that. Um, when she came back to the New York in 1953, she was an instant celebrity once again because she was beautiful. Right. Um, obviously, was a huge part of it, and because she was sort of larger than life, you know. Yeah. Big uh, unlike the people who had had the sex changes before, some of which we've talked about, none of them were um, were very open about it. It was like right. I want to be this for my personal life. I want right. to live as a male in my well, you personal don't, life. Just or because you're. Absolutely. Gay doesn't mean you're necessarily a public figure. Absolutely. So she was really the first public figure trans. And the first in 1953, she was one of the biggest celebrities in the world. Biggest female celebrities in the world. Yeah. uh, Along with Marilyn Monroe. Her name would have been almost as big at the time. Synonymous. Yeah. Yeah. Which was really important for the trans community or anybody who was thinking about becoming trans. Because now they had somebody that they could see, you know. Or Um, anyone who was considering surgery. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yes, considering surgeries, considering the sex change. It's funny you say that because when I first glanced at the photo, I'm like, is that Marilyn Monroe? No. Yes. And she talks about her a lot. I watched a lot of, there's really good videos on YouTube of her talking because she was, uh, I think she died in uh, 1986 or 89. I'll tell you at the end. Um, but she, she did a lot of interviews. I'll talk about that in a little bit and a lot of TV stuff. And she talks about Marilyn Monroe a lot. Mm. Um, sure, 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 well, sure, sure. at the time too, I mean, even still now, Marilyn Monroe was always the height of femininity and beauty yes. and yeah. sexiness, you know? And I think too, that that was important to see, um, it's unfortunate that's important, but it's important to see that this isn't, uh, a dude in a skirt. This is a woman. Right. This is a woman who can look and act and be just right. as much a woman in the height of femininity as Marilyn Monroe can. And Not that that's important. was socially accepted. I can't even imagine in 1953 an, an actress. Yeah. Um a trans actress having notoriety and right. public uh, and, and yeah. being able to be that. To be fair, it's not like she would ever be starring in a movie the same way Marilyn Monroe would where she'd get a Sure, male. and that's okay. I mean, I wouldn't compare most people to Marilyn Monroe. No, no, no. But I'm just yeah. saying like the fact that that was even a thing just blows my mind. Yeah. Right. But I do think on the counter side, it is important to realize that even though she was famous and a big household name, it she was more a- like a circus act than it was like a person to be respected right. it was but more of like a look at this right she wasn't necessarily an actress though either right she was she was so says it on her profile here. yes oh, she great. had a nightclub act so she created oh, her great. own nightclub act she appeared on tv radio and theater performances uh she published an autobiography which i really think i'm gonna try and read uh which sold nearly four hundred fifty thousand copies wow. which is called christine jorgensen a personal autobiography there you go um The publicity following her transition and her reassignment surgery became a model for other transsexuals for decades. She was a tireless lecturer on the subject of transsexuality, pleading for understanding um, from a public that was all too often wanting to see transsexuals as freaks or perverts. Miss Jorgensen, poise, charm and wit ended up winning the hearts of millions, though. Love it. So she wasn't very easily offended. It was pretty hard to rile her on these interviews and stuff. But one really good example of a time that she was riled was when she appeared on an episode of The Dick Cavett Show. 
Uh, he asked her what her romantic status was with her wife, and she walked off the show. She was not married to a woman ever, so that was right. a, a direct hit at insult. the at insult at the idea that she used to be a man and that she was going to be married to a woman. And what would the woman she married think? It was just like yeah, not okay, yeah. So she shamey. walked off the show. That's this a was very a live show. Insult too. Yeah, I mean? absolutely. That is a straight up backhand. I'm absolutely, like, <gasps> and it was a very ignorant question, and obviously. You know, that was I, intentional, um, which yeah, was too bad for him because that show was shot brutal. live and played right. live. So when she walked off, they still had to fill that hour and he had no other guests. Oh, my dog. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I I love the idea that he was like, I'm going to get this person out here and then be a jerk to them. And they're just going to have to sit in that chair and take it. And that person went. No, I don't have to. Well, and I don't think that he intended to be a jerk about it. I think that is a joke coming from complete ignorance of of the situation and what you're saying. I don't think that's someone who's really thought through what that joke might imply. Sure, but I mean, like... A, I don't agree only because anything that happens on TV has been pre-scripted. We, and but you, this most is a time, very different time. I'm saying that most of the time, too, like they would go over a script or especially with live TV, they would sure. have, you know, here's the questions we're going to come up with. And here's what. Well, but, what but, you but this hear. is 1952. That's true now. But I don't think that that's necessarily true back in the 1950s before standards had been created and set down. This could very well have been like, hey, we're going to have an interview with you about your surgery and about how you're doing and what you're doing. Talk yeah. about your romantic life. And then that specific joke is said. And she goes, absolutely out. not. Well, out. It's just like. Trans women can also be lesbian. Sure. You know, sure. Um, but it does sound like it was intentionally malicious. And sure. that, you know, was disrespectful. I think it's, it's disrespectful, disrespectful and ignorant. I'm saying he spent the rest of the show going, I did not, I didn't know, I didn't mean that. He, like, he oh, was, he did? Yes. The whole rest of the show was him going, I, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I didn't mean. So it did come from ignorance. But I like that she... Wants to show that I don't care when it came from. It right. was disrespectful and inappropriate. And you were Goodbye. a jerk. I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you it. don't have to be polite. You don't have yeah. to be polite. I love Fuck it. politeness. Like, <laughs> you don't have to play. There was something. I can't remember if we talked about it in the podcast uh, last week. Mm. But in the book I was reading, The How to Be Anti-Racist, it talked about how you can choose to separate yourself from people who are harmful and, mm-hmm. and, and disrespectful and rude. And it's, it's not the same thing as segregation. Segregation is like where it's forced upon you that you have to be separate. Whereas if you choose to separate yourself from the ignorance of communities that are discriminating against you, that is healthy and good. And remember that a lot of that is hidden in jokes. It is hidden in mm-hmm. jest and oh, ha ha ha. Absolutely. tried to make light. Yeah. That's why even at the beginning of this episode, I was like, you know, as a kid, a very common saying was like, Oh, he's so gay. Sure. She's so gay. Like yeah. whatever. And it's it was in the language of like we discriminate against this group of people and we laugh about it. Right. Right. Totally. So she was engaged twice, first to a labor, uh, labor union statistician, John Trubb, but that was called off. And then to a typist, Howard J. Knotts, who actually lost his job after their engagement was announced. Um, and they were denied a marriage certificate because her birth certificate still said male. Ugh. Yeah, this was never corrected for her, I believe. Uh, later on in Summerstock, she played Madame Rose Petal in the play "Oh Dad, Poor Dad, Mama Hung You in the Closet," and I'm feeling so sad. In her, That's it's a, a great, great title. title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait. don't just breeze past that. Hold on, wait, wait, that should be in our true crime section. Oh Dad, Poor Dad, Mama's Hung You in the Closet, and I'm feeling so sad. Um, in her nightclub <laughs> act, great. she sang several songs, including "I Enjoy Being a Girl," which was her signature number, in which she would make a quick change into a Wonder Woman costume at the end. <gasps> yeah. Unfortunately for us and our love of Wonder Woman, she had to stop doing that when Warner uh, Communications, who owned the character, demanded that she stop using the character in that way. So she did. Instead, she used a new character of her own invention who was called Superwoman and who had a giant S on her cape. There you go. I love it. There was no Superwoman. There is a Superwoman now, but there was no Superwoman at the time, though she's never been given credit for that. So, Actually, I think there's a Supergirl. There's also a Superwoman. I looked it up. Also, Kirsten is wrapped right now in a Wonder Woman blanket. Yeah. Yeah. And now I feel a little bit like a traitor, but that's okay. If they knew where it was based on. Yeah. We've already done done episode 10. Yeah. We already talked about Wonder Woman and what its intention was, regardless of what uh, was it Warner Brothers decided to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Jorgensen said in 1989, the year that she died, that she had given the sexual revolution a good swift kick in the pants. Yeah, she did. She died of bladder and lung cancer four weeks short of her 63rd birthday, and her ashes were scattered at Dana Point in California. Hey, that's near us. It is. She ended up living actually down here for a long time. How about that? As a transgender spokesperson and public figure, Jorgensen influenced other transgender people to change their sex on birth certificates and to change their names. Jorgensen's case. Yeah. Wait, what? I'm just saying there are communities. Oh, I that thought are you were saying on. you're. I was like, what are you guys working on? What are you trying to change? I didn't know about this. <laughs> Jorgensen's case was also significant because for the first time, it led to complications. This is really important. It led to complications over sex and science and the changing definition of sexuality. Gender with, was thought of as a set binary, where one can only be male or female. That was permanent. But Jorgensen's case questioned that stability. Gender was not the set binary as people once thought of it. And doctors were redefining gender with the term psychological sex. This new psychological sex showed that physiology one may not relate to one's biology uh, biological sex so she was actually diagnosed when she went because she uh she didn't originally think that she wanted to be a female but she would describe herself as a female trapped in a men's body she never said she was gay she said i'm a female in a men's body Mm -hmm. so when she went to copenhagen and before she started the hormone therapy she had this conversation and the doctor diagnosed her with that that dilemma saying yes that's what's happening you are a female which then gave her a reason or a, a medical reason to get the surgery that happened in the person i was talking about the trans yes. man surgery yeah, yeah. And that was really important because i do think even though it this shouldn't be the way that things are having the science or the idea that maybe there is scientifically something actually real happening in this person right. is important for other people to change their beliefs the same way that we were we're now changing being gay is not a disease right. you know it's we have that. to we have to do some science nothing illness. is broken yeah I do, nothing is wrong i definitely fixed. i definitely need to do more um research but i know that you know separating sex from gender mm-hmm. is important and recognizing the difference and also there's so many cool things coming out in science where they're recognizing that like you k may present female mm-hmm. and feel female yeah but you actually might have there's like there's like three levels of chromosomes you might actually right. have a y chromosome in there that is present in part of your biology and right. you wouldn't know unless you did a dna test right so people who claim to be whatever they are they actually you know I, what i'm taking like a straight white male or whatever may not know if they did a dna swab they might have an extra x chromosome in there yeah that would change technically their gender and it would it creates like so many are different variations absolutely of right. of what's possible in both sex and gender well i love that you know the world of sexuality is opening up and we're not looking at it as black and white anymore mm-hmm. it's, it's not there is gray area there is fluidity there is motion in the understanding of and i do love that science is like ooh, let's figure out what it all is and what does it mean and you know how many people like i i love the idea of wanting to understand it to the all the way down to the technical yeah but i also love that that doesn't necessarily have to be boxing it in yeah yeah and i think oversimplifying it has been the problem yes you know and instead of being afraid of it of the unknown and also the large you know complicated thing that is a human body of more embracing that being like oh no 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 that's why all this is is possible we've just got to go into the unknown yeah. <laughs> what I'd like to do a little bit more, and maybe this is something we can focus on in in future episodes, is I'd like to do more non-binary stories, and I'd oh, like yeah. to talk because yeah. I'd like to learn more about it. About because with all these varieties of possibilities, it also you know there's a whole variety and spectrum of different types of non-binary and not identifying Mm -hmm. with either gender or either sex or either any of that and so i i want to i want to work on educating myself and as this is our self-taught book report yeah group here i I, that's something that i want to do i like it great well i'm a moment next week so let me just throw that there you go what nice job there Kay. by the way i really liked that i really liked learning about her she was so interesting and it just it's just so cool also to learn about someone who would have been a household name who is no longer and then you think about all the household names you have now and you think they're so important and then you realize in 50 years no one's gonna gonna know know who nicole kimmon is it's sad (laughs) (laughs) who nicole no stop it don't stop it well thank you you all too don't even 
even know who Melissa Etheridge is. That's so sad. I, I looked up her you. photo. Oh, good. <laughs> I've also heard that story you told before. Yeah. And yeah. I it's, love it. I love how you, you tear up. You get so passionate telling that story. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. She's pretty rad. You guys are pretty rad, too. Aww. And audience, yeah. you're pretty damn rad. You Thanks are rad. All nine to ten of you. Yeah. Wow. We love you. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Bye. Bye.